surf and collapsed, exhausted and chilled to the bone on the warm, wet sand. After a moment, he looked up to see Talbot pulling the body into the shore break and watched as the silk-covered foreigner coasted onto the beach. Talbot used his might to pull the body still farther onto the wet sand, and Zack got up to take a closer look. Looky here, Zack. This feller didn't drown, now that's for sure. Talbot suddenly stood up and walked away from the body, staring up the beach. Bending down, Zack studied the corpse. The single gunshot wound to the man's chest cavity and a large area of powder burns caught his attention first. He lifted the man's small frame from the sand and saw the size of the exit wound. Zack could see that the murder weapon had been a large caliber gun fired at close range. Leveling the body back down in the sand, Zack lifted the man's arm. He could tell by the subtlety of movement in the limb that the man hadn't been dead long. Whoever had done this was still close by. He looked up to see Talbot still staring in the opposite direction. You know this man, Race? No, sir. Can't exactly say I do. Well, this whale oil of yours is going to a Chinese market in San Luis, isn't it? True enough, but that don't mean I know this feller. Talbot turned to face Cobb, who was still stooped over the dead man. Sides, him being Chinese and all, I might have seen him a hundred times and still couldn't say for sure. For the life of me, I don't know how they tell each other apart. Well, let's get him into town. Maybe one of those customers of yours will recognize him. The two men carried the corpse to the wagon. They then strapped some oat bags on for the mules to feed and sat down in the sun to dry off and eat their lunch. Zack watched a snow-white crane gliding toward the beach near some trees farther along the road. Unexpectedly, it swerved from its graceful path and flew away. A twinkle of distant sunlight from the same stand of trees brought the hair on the back of Zack's neck to attention. Memories of Virginia, recollections of three years spent watching the reflections of brass buttons, gun barrels, and binoculars, made him instantly wary of the sudden flash of light. Squinting, he pulled his gray felt hat lower to block out the glare of the sunlight on the water and studied the tree line for movement. Put your lunch up, Race. I think we got company. The longboater stopped chewing and his jaw dropped open. Is there something you're not telling me, Talbot? The whaler gulped and then quickly shook his head. Zack always made it a point to be more prepared than any opposition he might face. He knew the whaling season had finished and the road was well-traveled by dead-broke seamen. Instinctively, he unfastened the leather thong on his peacemaker's hammer. Since the apprehension of bandits for Wells Fargo was his stock in trade, he was not about to become a victim of one. He kept this part of his life quietly concealed in town while maintaining his own life as a rancher, biding his time until the company called. He put what remained of the sandwich his old German cook, Hans, had packed for him back into the leather bag, and deciding not to light his pipe, 
he reached under the seat for the flour sack he carried. Through the rough material, he felt for the hammers of his sawed-off Meteor 10-gauge and cocked both barrels. At close quarters, this was the ultimate equalizer. It always had the final say. He'd heard the old saying, buckshot means burying, and believed it to be true. He looked at Talbot and noted the fear that appeared in the man's eyes when he heard the two hammers cock under the cloth. Pays to be prepared, he said. Laying the hand howitzer on the seat with the muzzle pointed away, he eased the buckboard back to the sandy trail and slapped the reins. Minutes later, he saw three men walk out from the trees that hugged the shoreline. He didn't recognize them, but he saw the strangers for what they were, sailors on the uncertain deck of dry land. He slowed and walked the team cautiously forward as the men stepped out into the bright sun. A man with a red beard carried the looking-glass in one hand and a Barnes 50 caliber boot pistol suspended around his neck and shoulder by a rope lanyard. It looked to be just the sort of weapon that could have made the hole in the man they had just saved from the fish. The other two black-bearded men carried Colt navies tucked behind wide leather belts. Zack swung the buckboard to the left to try to put the mules out of harm's way, giving him a free field of fire to his right should it become necessary. The tense, black-bearded men in their peacoats raked their eyes over the two of them sitting stone still in the buckboard, their careful glances taking note of Zack's colt with a thong lifted from the hammer. Talbot, Zack had noticed earlier in the day, had been carrying a sidearm. Now the weapon was hidden under his tightly buttoned coat. "'Good morning to you, good sirs,' the redbeard spouted in a booming brogue. "'Might me mates and I be having a lift into that fine town up ahead?' Talbot nervously turned his head to Zack, and in a barely audible tone said, "'Let's just drive on.' Ignoring him, Zack silently continued to look the strangers over, his agate-colored eyes measuring every inch of the men, evaluating every twitch and each nervous glance. For him, confrontation was a living science, the discipline of staying alive. Not that he enjoyed confrontation, but he was always ready for it. He dropped his chin, using the brim of his hat to shield his eyes. Don't know if you boys will want to ride with us. We got the body of a man we fished out of the bay riding back there. Might make the travel a bit disagreeable for y'all. He noticed that none of the men seemed surprised by the announcement, nor the least bit curious as to the identity of the corpse. The red-bearded sailor smiled. Oh, don't pass no mind. We're seamen who have been accustomed to many a dying in our time. Zack jerked his thumb, pointing to the back of the buggy. You fellas can get in the back, but the sidearms will have to ride up front with me. The redbeard quickly doffed his crushed black mate's cap, exposing a healthy shock of uncut flaming hair. He twisted the hat in his hands and slowly swung his head from side to side, taking careful aim into the eyes of his companions. 
Well, now, sir, as ye can see, we're simple seamen. We mean ye no harm. We be just put out to see the sights in your fine land before sailing off to the Far East. We're just a wee bit curious about news of the gold strike in those Sierras of yours as well. You gentlemen wouldn't want to leave us adrift and defenseless now, would you? Zack had seen many sailors on the coast, yet couldn't remember any armed with anything more lethal than a splicing knife. Firearms just weren't the normal tools of a seaman's trade. It was what had made Talbot's sidearm all the more noticeable when they started out that morning from Cambria. Somehow, gentlemen, defenseless isn't quite the word one would use to describe you boys. Now, I'm not a nervous man, but that's because I'm a careful one. I do my best to fight shy of trouble, and I'd advise you boys to do the same. Take your choice. Ride with me, minus your sidearms, or walk. It was plain to see that the discussion was over from Zack's perspective. He reached down to grab hold on the reins. Instantly, the pea-coated sailors fastened their hands under the grips of their revolvers. One of the pistoliers pulled his clear and, stepping to the front of the pack, aimed it directly at Zack and shook the barrel. All right, farmer, you listen here. Make one move for that six-gun, and just as surely as you sit there, the man's gun barrel waggled at Zack, I'll send you straight to hell. Make no mistake about it. The redbeard placed a hand on his companion's arm and tried to calm him. Then, replacing his cap, he cocked it to the side of his head and planted his hands on his hips.